Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now, driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Well, a big day for Australian cricket with the World Cup squad announced. And joining me on the podcast is Ben Horn, the Chief Cricket Writer for News Corp, to go through it with me. How are you, Ben? I'm good, thanks, Menace. Thanks for having us on. What have you uh, made of it all? Well, I don't think there were any big shocks in the squad. I think it sort of started to take shape a few weeks ago. But, you know, there's obviously some unlucky players with Pete Hanscom, Josh Hazelwood and Ashton Turner missing out. Let's start with the batsmen, I guess. Um, Steve Smith, David Warner come straight back in and Sean Marsh has retained his spot. What do you think of the balance there? Yeah, look, I I think they were. You, you can certainly justify all those decisions. Um, I think it's a strong batting lineup. I, I did think that they might go with Hanscom ahead of Sean Marsh, but uh, Trevor Holmes, the national selectors, explained today that they felt Smith, you know, was too similar to Hanscom. Essentially, that they'd be playing the same role, so there wasn't really room for both of those in the in the same fifteen. Sean Marsh has been rewarded for being Australia's most consistent player. Over the last 12 months, he was the only uh, bloke who was firing when everyone else wasn't, basically. And he, he looked like he was getting left behind a little bit. But, I mean, I, I think that the show of faith in him is deserved, given the year he's had. I, I think the one concern with the squad, and it's not necessarily something that the selectors could have remedied, remedied uh, with the options available, but uh, if anything, they're probably a little bit short on bowling versatility I reckon you would have liked maybe one more of those batsmen who could contribute a few overs but the options they had there Sean Marsh Pete Hanscom and Turner 
and Steve Smith, if I hadn't mentioned him already. Um, those guys don't really do anything with the ball or can't because of uh, injuries they've got. So, look, if anything, I would have considered Mitchell Marsh, but, um, you know, where do you fit him in? That's the problem. Yeah, I think that Glenn Maxwell and Marcus Stoinis will be, I guess, charged with doing most of the bowling, those extra overs. Uh, interestingly, Maxwell score, uh, took uh, five wickets overnight in county cricket, so he's in good bowling form. And of course, listeners, you're listening to the Cricket Unfiltered podcast, and I'm your host, Andrew Mensel. but I just got straight into it because I'm so excited about the news. Yeah, so my worry about the batsmen they've picked, Ben, is that they've picked too many top order players and and they don't have the sort of finishes down the order like Hanscom and Turner both seem to do well in that role coming in uh, to finish a game off and I, I don't know if Sean Marsh can play that role so then you know they're going to have to juggle around the batsmen a bit yeah I think that is that is a concern um, you know in the end I think they they've probably just picked what they think is their best batsman available and you know just trust that they can fit in around that but I, I tend to agree with you. Um, the, the problem with Ashton Turner was that he's, in a way, in a similar boat to Steve Smith in that he's had this uh, th- this bad shoulder injury and can't really throw. So having Ashton Turner and Steve Smith in the same 11, uh, with Steve Smith coming back from a serious elbow problem, was a concern, uh, as was Smith and Hanscom in the same side because, you know, they, they I guess they're players who work the ball around a fair bit. So... But getting Steve Smith back uh, has, you know, there's a lot of pressure on Steve Smith. I mean, it's not that he doesn't deserve to be there, but him being there uh, has meant maybe some tough decisions have had to be made on other players. Now, at the top of the order, the opening batting combination is still up in the air for Australia. Aaron Finch said today that Australia is looking at a left-right combination. So that means, you know, Aaron Finch is one of the openers and then you're going to have Kawaja and Warner uh, vying for that other opening spot. Now, I'm pretty sure Warner and Kawaja both want to open. Which way do you think they'll go? I don't know. Uh, I think it is genuinely up in the air. I, I would go with Warner opening because I just think you put your best player in the best position. But I can see the argument for Kawaja. I mean, his record as an opener is outstanding. He averages over 50 in one-day cricket opening. And at number three in one-day cricket, it's, it's down at about uh, 24. So... Kawaja's record suggests that he's infinitely better as an opener in one-day cricket. Warner is versatile, but we did see in the 2020 World Cup in 2016, the selectors actually tried David Warner at number three in that tournament because Kawaja had struck gold in the uh, in the big bash, and, and so they went with um, Kawaja and uh, Shane Watson as an opening pairing, and it, it sort of backfired. They had Aaron Finch out of the team, Warner at number three, and by the end of the tournament, they'd gone back to the to the old faithful again, but it was too late. Uh, they were knocked out of the tournament. So, look, um, it's not an easy one there. You know, to risk either way, perhaps they might see that David Warner is is, is more versatile and, and can play three. But, um, gee, you don't really want to be leaving him in the shed. No, not at all. All right, let's turn our attention to the bowling attack. Uh, the spinners were pretty much locked in before... The squad was announced with Zampa and Lyon, the spinners, but it was the pace bowlers there was a lot of contention about. Now, a lot of listeners have been asking me to bring back the segment Mad Menners, and I I almost fired up because Josh Hazelwood has been left out of the squad and obviously such a good friend of the podcast now. But seriously, it would be disappointing for him because I think he felt 
that he could play in the World Cup. Yeah, I mean, clearly he's got a completely different view on things than the selectors listening to your chat with him the other week. So, I mean, there's certainly a clash of opinions there. Yeah, it's it's a massively tough call because, you know, World Cups are won by heavy-duty players. That's what Australia's really focused their selections on over the years and why they've been so effective in World Cups. And, you know, it's the reason why Warner and Smith have come back with, with almost no argument because they're just world-class players and they're the kind of players that, that win World Cups when it when it comes to the crunch. So Hazelwood you know, considers himself very unlucky on that count because since he debuted for Australia, he's almost been one of the first picked in any Australian team. But look, from the selectors' point of view, they just have so many bowlers who are coming off injuries. Uh, if they picked Hazelwood, you would have had Hazelwood, uh, Jai Richardson, Coulton Isle and Mitchell Stark all coming off injuries. So from that point of view, you can understand why Hazelwood hasn't played much one-day cricket in the last couple of years. But as uh, I think Rodney Hogg might have tweeted today, you, you want to be pretty confident about your bowling lineup to leave Josh Hazelwood out. Yeah, Josh Hazelwood's got an amazing record in one-day cricket. Better than I actually thought before I looked it up, before I interviewed him. You know, he's going in under five and over. And he was so vital to the 2015 World Cup victory. But I think, I mean, even he said on the podcast that he wasn't probably going to be able to even bowl in the practice matches in Brisbane in May. So he he really would have left it very late to get to full fitness for the World Cup. So I I can sort of see where the selectors are going there, that if he's not quite in form and you picked him, what do you do kind of thing? Uh, So I I sort of see that was a tough decision for them. But I think he's unlucky because it's almost like, you know, he shoulders this burden in the test summer. He gets an injury. He sort of falls out of the the limelight and, and then he's dropped. Yeah, look, it's a tough one. And I mean, if Josh Hazelwood's in your World Cup squad, then he's every chance to play. But if you look at it now based on the form of the team over the last couple of months, you would say the first choice attack is Cummins, Stark and Jai Richardson, if all fit. So if you apply that logic, then, you know, you could have had a situation where Hazelwood's in the squad and he's carrying drinks, waiting for an opportunity, whereas Australian need to get match practice in him before the Ashes. So that's the tricky one that, you know, he's, I think, really, really stiff to not make the squad. But would he be stiff to make the 11? Maybe not so much, given the way that um, Joe Richardson's gone. So... It's a tough one to juggle. You know, it's an impossible position. That, um, you know, the way that the, the schedule is and, you know, the Ashes is huge and, and Hazelwood in those conditions is going to be, you know, he is vital to Australia's chances of winning the Ashes. So, yeah, it's a really tough call. Yeah, Finch said that he hadn't spoken to Hazelwood lately, which is interesting. I would have thought the captain would have been in touch with him pretty intently uh, coming up to that final selection. Just to go through the fast bowlers, for those who haven't heard all of them. So it's Pat Cummins. He's the vice-captain of the team. Mitchell Stark, Jaya Richardson, Nathan Coulton-Isle and Jason Berendorf. Uh, I guess the one thing about the three of them, Cummins, Stark and Coulton-Isle, to a lesser extent, Richardson, is they're all pretty decent hitters down the order. So, you know, we talked about you sort of a bit thin with finishes. Coulton-Isle is definitely a good finisher in T20 cricket. So that does give them, could lengthen the batting order a bit. And Berendorf's a wicket taker. If something happens to Stark, Berendorf's the guy who can knock over a top order of class batsmen. Yeah, well, look, Berendorf is a guy who, I suppose to the 
to the you know to the less you know cricket enthusiasts uh, who yeah sorry people who follow cricket perhaps a little less enthusiastically than you Manners Berendorf might be a bit of an unknown figure but you know he does he's been very very consistent over a long time in the big bash and domestic cricket and having another left armour in the squad does you know you know it worked last time we had um, Stark Johnson and um, James Walker in the squad at the last World Cup uh, there's a feeling that. Berendorf takes takes top order wickets, takes early wickets, and that in England where scores can be really high, if you're not making a breakthrough early on, then you, you're stuffed basically. So you know that that's his that's his strength. Interesting to see how he goes later in his ten overs. That'll be a test of his his endurance, but certainly early on with the new ball, English conditions, you know, Berendorf will be a danger. Yep, and he's toiling away at the moment for the Mumbai Indians in the IPL, so he's getting some good match practice. All right, so that's the World Cup squad. They also announced today, listeners, the Australia A squads to tour England. That's one-day and four-day squads and the annual contract list. And I'll just pull out a few highlights here, Ben. I know you were writing for the dailytelegraph.com.au that Peter Hanscom is firming as a, a backup keeper for the Ashes. I find that quite astounding considering he, he's not a regular first-class keeper. Yeah, man, as I think, you know, it's not set in stone. I mean, if Alex Carey has a big World Cup, um, hard to deny him the, you know, that, that role, which, you know, basically anointing him as the, the next, uh, next keeper. But Peter Hanscom has been given a contract. He's not in the World Cup squad. He's not in the current Test 11. So unless he is essentially, you know, penciled in for the Ashes, I'm not sure why he's been given a contract. So I think, you know, if things go well for him, he'll be there. And perhaps that backup keeper spot is a way that they can sneak another another batsman over there. You look at the way they've selected this World Cup squad, they decided in the end not to pick a backup wicket keeper. And Trevor Holmes has said that basically, you know, when keepers get injured, you know, they, they tend to be long-term, longer-term injuries and uh, you can just replace them on bulk rather than having someone there in, in case something happens on, on the morning of a game. It, it is a risk, but the, the spots in these uh, squads are so precious that I think there is a bit of a theory that picking a second wicketkeeper could be could be a wasted spot, uh, particularly when you've got Hanscom and Matt Wade who um, can contribute so much with the bat as well. So, yeah, it's a controversial one, but, you know, if something happened to Tim Payne and, and Hanscom was the backup keeper, I think they'd be flying someone else over. But if it happened five minutes before the toss, then they'd just back Hanscom to do the job. Yeah, as I've always said, he's a very talented gloveman, Hanscom. Okay, just uh, James Pattinson's one that jumped out at me. He's been included in both Australia A squads. And, you know, what's interesting is there's a lot of other Australian players playing county cricket who the selectors have opted to leave with their county teams. Uh, but James Pattinson's obviously so much in the forefront of their thinking that they want to bring him into the Australia A one-day and uh, four-day squads to really get him ready for either the World Cup or the Ashes. If someone were to get injured in the World Cup, he could be someone you chuck in there. Yeah, and I mean, no doubt he's forefront in their mind. I mean, he will be in the Ashes if he's fit. You can mark that up now. He'll definitely be there if he's fit. Uh, I think the reason why he's in the Australia A squad as opposed to sticking with the counties is... Because of his injury history, Australia will just want to be in complete control of how much he's bowling and what he's doing, whereas um, the likes of Siddle and, and Worrell, they're probably happy for them to manage 
manage themselves and, and uh, get on with things. But Pattinson's a priority case. And you know, he hasn't played for Australia since 2016. So they, they really need to be paying attention to how they manage it. And uh, in the Australian A squads, Mitch Marsh is there, Matthew Wade is there, Will Pekofsky is there. So that's all good for their possible Ashes chances. But the one for me is John Holland. He was picked as the Australia A spinner, which means that's sort of his firming as the backup Ashes spinner. Yeah, provided they have one, um, he'll be it. So that's the end of that argument. But I guess the only other thing is if they look at it the way they may look at the uh, wicket-keeping situation, manners and um, decide that they'll just take the odds to it that Nathan Lyon will, will be fit. And if he's not, then um, you know they'll think about it then. So, yeah, I wouldn't say John Holland's 100% certain to be in the squad, but it certainly puts to to, end, to rest any argument of anyone else um, you know, being the number two spinner. And final thing, Benny, the contracts were announced. Smith and Warner get straight back on the pay list for Cricket Australia. I guess that was something that was maybe up in the air. Anything else from the contract list jump out of you? Nothing really surprised me from it. I think uh, you could argue Curtis Patterson's pretty unlucky to not get a contract. Century in his last test and would appear to be a real player on the rise there. Um, Marcus Harris has got one, so um, that's that's probably deserved given um, the Shield season he had, and he did perform well against India. But you know he's he's yet to get a, a Test century. So yeah, I guess Harris is, is in the Ashes squad. So yeah, the ones that stood out for me was Pattinson, uh, Harris, and Hanscom, who all got one. And then I guess you know the, the fact that the likes of Curtis Patterson, Labuschagne, Joe Burns uh, missed out, uh, and for that matter Mitchell Marsh. Uh, you know, they really are fighting for their Ashes berths. And that's despite the fact that Joe Burns and uh, Curtis scored hundreds in their last test. Yep, crazy stuff. But I I guess the one thing with the contract list now is with the three formats, you just can't contract everybody. No, well, there's only 20 spots, exactly. But, um, you know, there's always going to be, as there is when they pick the teams, there's always going to be blokes unlucky. But, I mean, if you play devil's advocate, one of the guys who's um, missed out, I mean, James Pattinson hasn't played for Australia since 2016. <laughs> like, yeah, guys who played in the last Test match and made hundreds could could probably feel like they may have deserved uh, that spot. And yeah, like I said, Marcus Harris has, has got a contract, and he hasn't scored a Test hundred yet. So look, they're all, you know, they're subjective opinions by the selectors, and you know, they're made with yeah you know, what they think is going to going to happen essentially in in the future. So yeah, look, it's yeah, it's one of those things you can't please everyone but there's always a couple of um you know interesting talking points out of it well benny thanks for coming on the podcast a big day of news for australian cricket and i'll catch up with you soon thanks man cheers mate well that was ben horn chief cricket writer for news corp of course you've been listening to the cricket unfiltered podcast i'm your host andrew mensel and in the next show we'll have a little bit of an expanded reaction to the world cup squad and i'm also going to get a guest on from england to get uh, their view of our squad and also some details about the english squad all right so we'll be back soon with another podcast thanks for listening Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChapaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.